of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Good evening, my brothers and sisters, and welcome to another segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated. I am your host this evening, Chaplain Kevin Graves. It is a pleasure being with you. I am with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. Tonight's topic uh, is what does it mean to be kingdom-minded? Again, what does it mean to be kingdom-minded? As we begin every session or segment, um, we start with the word from the Lord and we also start in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for 
our time on Kingdom Empowerment Radio, Lord. Uh, it is our heartfelt prayer that, Lord, Kingdom Empowerment would be a blessing to those not just in the United States but abroad, Lord. We pray that your message of kingdom will reach the lost, will reach those who are looking for hope, will reach those who are brokenhearted, Lord. Lord, we pray that kingdom empowerment, Lord, would empty hell and would break every bar that the enemy has set up to to keep people in prison, whether it be a, a physical prison or it be a psychological prison. And, Lord, we are hoping and praying that this message of your kingdom will reach many people, uh, whether it be men, women, young people, even children, Lord. We pray that this message of kingdom will reach many people and change lives for the better. It is a privilege to serve you, Lord. It is a privilege to to be a part of what you're doing uh, in the earth at this time. And we thank you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My brothers and sisters, um, we, as you already know, unless you've been on another planet, um, we are living. We are living in very troubled times. Times that 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 uh, uh, war is on the horizon, and and conflict, and uh, uh, there's been even changes in weather patterns, and and we see these things happening, and and you know some of us we go about our daily lives without you know oh well it's you know that's the world we live in you know that's just the uh, current events, and you know it, it really saddens me, and uh, and I also want to say uh, uh, my uh, heart, heartfelt prayer for those who were injured in this morning's terrorist attack in in uh, New York City in uh, Midtown at the Port Authority. Uh, from what I understand, uh, there were some people who were injured. Uh, from what I also understand, none of the injuries uh, are considered life-threatening. So thank God for that. And I also want to uh, say thank you and God, and God bless you to those first responders, to the policemen and women and fire, fire department and uh, uh, paramedics uh, who were there to respond to this uh, terrorist attack. So um, I, I you know, always want to give thanks to those people who put their own lives uh, uh, in jeopardy to save others. And God bless you and, and, and thank you uh, once again for the service that uh, you provide this city. Um, getting into the word, uh, tonight's topic again, uh, for all of those who, who listen in, you know, I, I also want to say this as well. Um, what makes Kingdom Empowerment Radio what it is, is of course the Holy Spirit, number one. Uh, but it's also the callers. It's those who listen in. It is, uh, it is those who, who share their thoughts and, and, and who ask for a, a, a prayer request and, or even have questions uh, regarding some of the segments. And, and I just want to say thank you uh, to those who to those who listen in and also to those who are not just here in the United States, uh, from what I understand, the Kingdom Empowerment is a global uh, uh, empowerment radio network. And uh, thank God for for the responses and for the people who are listening in other countries. So uh, to God be the glory. Uh, uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening in. Uh, thank you for your sewing. Uh, it, it is because of you uh, yes, and as I said, the Holy Spirit first, but it is because of you, uh, the listeners, uh, who are uh, taking part and and asking questions and, and being a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio and really just wanting to know more about the kingdom of God. Uh, I, I really can't say enough uh, about uh, the listeners. And so I want to say God bless you to those who, who listen in and and who have become uh, partners uh, here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Uh, my brothers and sisters, uh, as I was sharing with you earlier, I 
started the opening scripture by reading Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. The definition for kingdom, there's a couple of definitions, but in my research, I came across uh, three that I would like to share with you. A kingdom is a country, state, or territory ruled by a king or queen. We can also say that a kingdom is a realm associated with or regarded as being under the control of a particular person or thing. A kingdom, according to some definitions here, is a realm associated with or regarded as being under the control of a particular person or thing. And lastly, a kingdom is the spiritual reign or authority of God. Whatever definition best, best suits you, the reality here is when we examine the kingdom message, the kingdom message of the Bible, the kingdom message that, that Jesus brought uh, 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 to the Israelites, and also to the, not just the Israelites, but also there was a message there for the Gentile as well. Um, one thing we need to understand is that Jesus, and many of us, we have an idea of who Jesus is. Uh, the Bible says that he is the very word of God made flesh, that he is the eternal logos. Uh, logos in the Greek uh, meaning, well, in the Greek meaning logos, that means word. Uh, he was the very word of God manifested into human flesh. Now, one thing about this word we have to realize is that uh, this same word, which was in the beginning, if we go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, uh, this same word, okay, Jesus, being the very logos, a word of God, was in the beginning. And now, mind you, this is the same word that said, let there be light, and there was light. And you can again find that in, in the uh, book of Genesis, the first book of Moses, chapter 1, verse 3. When we examine the life and ministry and purpose of Jesus Christ, it goes beyond uh, uh, a salvation plan. Yes, that's part of it. Uh, but the ministry of Jesus Christ was a, uh, as I've shared before in, in segments past, that he, he was a healer and a deliverer. His ministry healed many who were sick, and he cast out demons. One thing we also must understand about Jesus he is not just the word of God. He was not just a healer and, 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 and a minister who cast out demons, okay? But he also embodied the very nature and character of the kingdom of God. So in other words, he was the kingdom. He, Jesus, is the kingdom of God manifested in human form. Why do we say this? Where's the proof? Well, if we know anything about God, all right, God is a spirit. And you can find this in the gospel according to John, chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus says that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So many people have asked this question, is the kingdom of God a physical or spiritual kingdom? Now, you've had many Israelites who, when Jesus came with this message, uh, I, I will even uh, uh, look at the Beatitudes in uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter five, uh, when Jesus came with the Beatitudes and and, and he specifically uh, 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 spoke about this nature and character that the uh, 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 kingdom representatives are to have. Now, when we examine, there's one particular Beatitude. Uh, it's in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 10, which says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what we have here, 
what we have here is God who is manifested, being spirit, manifested himself into human form to bring a message of his kingdom being established in righteousness. I'm going to say that again. God who is a spirit, and again you can find that in John's Gospel chapter 4 verse 24, manifested himself into human form to bring a message of his kingdom being established in righteousness. So when we read this beatitude, and there's a few more, you can read that in Matthew's Gospel chapter 5, Jesus, who went about, and if you read in chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus went about the land, Doing what? Preaching the kingdom of heaven. That was his purpose. He went about different territories, different regions, preaching the gospel of heaven. And when we examine this, in essence, what Jesus is saying is that if we have any hope, of being kingdom partners, there's a new nature and there's a new mindset that we must develop. In order for us to inherit the kingdom of God, there are things that we have to experience. There are places that God wants to take us, and in him taking us there, he requires us to, to, to be in a place of, 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 of separation and preparation. Let me say that again. Let me make this clear. I'm going to read the Beatitudes to you, and I'm going to start. Oh, since I went there, I'm going to start at verse 23 of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. And the Word of God reads, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he had healed them. Verse 25, and there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my name's sake. So to be kingdom minded. Now, keeping in mind that what Jesus was asking, or what he was saying, in essence, is that when you take on this new nature, when you take on a a a a, a meekness, when you take on this this pure heart. When you are now become merciful, when in time past, if someone wronged you, you would hurt them. When you now put on this new nature, blessed are you. So in essence, you have put on this new nature of blessedness. And in essence, what we're seeing here as well is now God is affirming you or saying that you, in essence, belong to him. That you, when you put on this new nature, you have now become a joint heir because you are now passing from the old nature to now a new nature. 
And he is saying, unless you become this type of person, I can't take you where I want to take you because you are not psychologically prepared for what I have. Because I'm going to bring you to places where, 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 where people are going to come up against you and people, as the scripture says, are going to revile you for my name's sake. Fight back the old way you used to. You're going to have to put on this new mindset, this new nature, and this is something that, again, we cannot do in our own strength. And this is where, again, this is a, this is a spiritual message. So for anyone that asks, is the kingdom of God a physical or a spiritual kingdom? Yes, we know that, uh, yes, uh, uh, the Lord will return to establish his kingdom on the earth. But as Jesus is referring to right here, is that this is a spiritual message. There's nothing physical about it. Because if we try to, without assistance, without asking, Lord, help me in this area of being merciful. Teach me how to love. Lord, I don't have a pure heart. How can we fulfill what kingdom requirements God requires if we do not have an intercessor, if we do not have someone praying on our behalf, if we are apart from the Holy Spirit, these people, what Jesus was asking them was something supernatural, was something, this is why it was so difficult for many of these individuals to understand what he was saying. Remember, uh, and, and I had shared this before, that when Jesus brought this message he was bringing this message to a people who were being occupied. He was bringing this message to a people who were being oppressed. So it, it, here are people who are looking for hope and hoping that, yes, this Jesus who speaks so well and eloquently and speaks with power and, and the authority of God is on him, and he's asking us in the midst of our persecution, in the midst of our oppression, to, 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 to be meek. To be, uh, uh, to, 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 to be merciful and pure in heart, when, uh, when many of these, uh, these Jews are ready to pick up arms and, and to fight the Romans, it's a very troubling message for them. It's a message of like, oh, no, are you asking us to have mercy on these, on, on these pagan, idolatrous uh, 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 Romans? And I'm sure many of them are saying, no, no, down with Augustus Caesar and his empire, down with these, 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 these pagans. And no doubt, no doubt, there was a lot of frustration over this message. There was a misunderstanding because their kingdom, they were hoping for a physical, earthly uprising type of a kingdom, a kingdom would, that would come with swords and shields. In manpower. But what Jesus was revealing to them was no, the kingdom that I'm the kingdom that I'm referring to is not one that you're accustomed to, but this kingdom is a kingdom of the spirit of my father. And I embody this kingdom. So when you see me and you follow me, you are in essence following the kingdom. So in essence, you see the kingdom right there before you, and they could not see it. They could not see it because they were blinded by their circumstances. They were blinded by their persecution. And many did not see that the kingdom of God was in their presence. So with that said, with that said, in order for us to be joint heirs in this particular kingdom, the kingdom of God, we must put on holiness. We must put on pureness and meekness and mercy. We must reflect the God that we serve. Tragically, you have many people who today are strapping themselves full of explosives and blowing themselves up in the name of God. Now, that don't sound like any God that I want to serve. That doesn't even sound like God. That sounds like Satan. So when we examine the very nature of the kingdom of God, it is a kingdom of mercy. It is a kingdom of love. It is a kingdom of long-suffering. When we examine kingdom-minded people, 
when we examine true kingdom-minded people, these people are a peculiar people. They're weird. <laughs> They're very strange. It, 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 it's, it, it can only come from God. These are people who revere the things of God. They revere his presence. They revere his, they, they revere his glory, his people, his word, and the very essence of who he is. They revere the very essence of what makes him distinct from all the other gods, whether it be the gods of the Romans or the Egyptians. That is what it means to be kingdom-minded, to revere the things of God, his presence, his glory, his people, his word, and who he is. And unfortunately, in this world, we have many people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, but tragically, they're serving other gods. They are, every day, they're having a masquerade party. On Sunday, it's a masquerade party. It's a big party. It's a big masquerade party. And on Monday, we're complete. They're, they're, they're these individuals, whoever they are, are someone completely different. In the name of Jesus, we come against every spirit of masquerade within the body of Christ. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would expose those uh, individuals who are masquerading as ministers of righteousness, who are masquerading as believers, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would expose that evil, that you would expose that spirit that is in operation within your house, Lord. For, Lord, you, are called, you have called us to be a people of holiness. For, Lord, your word says... Be ye holy, for you are holy. You have not called us to, to live a life of hypocrisy and masquerade. So in the name of Jesus, we come against and we destroy and dismantle every spirit of masquerade within the church of God in the name of Jesus. So my brothers and sisters, in order, in order for us to be partakers in this kingdom, um, as I said, this holy God will not partner himself with unholiness. And that is just the reality of it. And whether we want to come to grips with that, whether we want to acknowledge that or not, um, that is purely up to us. And and when, when we examine uh, the scriptures, if we go back, and uh, for those that have their Bibles, please go with me to Genesis uh, in the beginning, so to say. <laughs> We start in the beginning, go to the first book of Moses, chapter 3. We see an example of this, of this separation, and we see it, and uh, we'll pick it up at verse 16. Uh, the word of God reads, unto the woman, at this point in time, um, just to uh, fast forward a little bit and go back, if you, if you will, uh, this was a time when uh, God had given a specific command to Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As many of you know, this, you know the scripture. Uh, obviously, they transgressed and uh, they ate. Uh, the uh, serpent uh, deceived and beguiled uh, the woman, and she ate, and her husband, Adam, ate. And at this point in time, uh, transgression and sin has entered into uh, God's dwelling place And at this point in time The Lord uh, uh, no, Knowing this And saying to the woman Unto the woman he said I will greatly multiply thy sorrow And thy conception and sorrow Thy shalt bring forth children And thy desire shall be to thy husband And he shall rule over thee And unto Adam he said Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife And hast eaten of the tree Of which I commanded thee saying Thou shalt not eat of it, Curse, cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life, thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou, excuse me, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living unto Adam also and to his wife. Did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them? Mm. 
Even in their transgression, God shows mercy. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden mm, to till the ground from whence he was taken. He could no longer be in his presence. Remember, there was a separation. God is holy. Adam and Eve, they were walking in perfection, but because of the sin, he can no longer be in their presence. Verse 24, so he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So we see this separation. I will even go as far to say we see the first demonstration of hell. What do I mean by that? We see the reward of disobedience. We know that there will be, that for the wicked, they will be turned into a place of torment, a, they will, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the first, I see the first example of hell. Let me explain that. Because of the disobedience and the transgression, therefore, God is going to multiply your sorrow. He is going to bring you to a place of sorrow, a place of, 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 of mourning and toil and weeping. And in essence, that is what Adam and Eve brought upon themselves. And moving fast forwarding this, for those individuals who are disobedient, who are impenitent, okay, who know, okay, that oh, the Lord has given a word, but you know what? I want to live my life the way I want to live it. So guess what? Let me tell you something. God is not an unjust God. Many will say, well, and I'm, I'm getting, off sub, getting off topic here. Many will say, oh, well, there's no such thing as hell. Hell is, uh, it's been misinterpreted and misunderstood. Uh, well, it doesn't mean hell. It means Sheol. It means uh, 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 the grave. Well, let me tell you something about that. The God that we serve, he is a God of love, yes, and he is a God of judgment. It's all throughout the Bible. And let me tell you something as well. Let me share something with you. This God who was holy and right, would he be just if he did not punish wickedness? Would he be just if he did not punish wickedness? Oh, and another thing, God does not send us to hellfire. He doesn't send us there. Oh, well, that's what I've been telling you all along. We send ourselves to hell with what? Disobedience. Wanting to do our own thing, our own way, seeking our own God, being our own God, and not caring anything about judgment. That is the issue. So God doesn't send anyone to hell. You send yourself there with your wickedness, with, with, with your impenitence. So for those people that say, they don't, oh, there's no hell, well, okay, well, <laughs> let me tell you something. What if, what if there is? And you're wrong. Mm. You have all eternity to think about it. Moving forward. We who are kingdom-minded, who carry the very heart of God, those people who are kingdom-minded carry the very heart and truth of who God is. What is his heart and what is his truth? The messages being brought forth here by Jesus and the prophets and, and the evangelists and the apostles that, 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 that came after him, it is a message of repentance. That is the message of God. It is a message of repentance and redemption through Christ. And in this message, one must say, okay. This is what God is requiring me to do. Why do I need to repent? What do I need to repent from? You know, I, I'm a good person. I, I pay my taxes. I, I, I do this. I do that. 
what is the significance of repentance when in my own mind I feel that I'm a just person? When we line up the righteousness of God versus the righteousness of man, there's a stark difference. And we need to, at some point, begin to see that, you know what, the righteousness that I'm following doesn't quite equal, well, I mean, it may equal somewhat, but the righteousness of God and the righteousness, and the righteousness of man, it's literally like oil and water. Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, I haven't killed anyone. I mean, I do the right thing. But one thing we have to understand is that as long as we are in this, this body of death, as the Apostle Paul calls it, you know, who shall deliver him from this, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this, this, this tomb or this body of death? And, and it's constantly at war with itself. So you can be a good person and do all the right things according to your own understanding, but this body of death is constantly at war. It is not easily satisfied. It is constantly hungering for for new things, better things, and it's never content. It's always striving for 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 its own understanding. It's always striving for not the, necessarily the things of God, but its own way. And that's where this book of spirit comes in, because it makes a very clear distinction between the ways of man and the ways of God. And if we just take the time to understand the word in the spirit, it will begin to illuminate the darkness that we're really in. So with that said, I think I've ran my mouth enough. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure we have some callers out there that would like to either ask a question, uh, add to what's already been said, or if there's any prayer requests, uh, we'll certainly um, open up the phone lines for anyone um, that has prayer requests or has questions regarding tonight's topic. Again, tonight's topic, uh, for anyone who is just now tuning in to a kingdom empowerment, tonight's topic is what does it mean to be kingdom-minded? What does it mean to be kingdom-minded? Caller, you're on the air. God bless you. Hi, God bless you. God bless you, woman of God. Thank you for joining us. Yes, grace and peace to you, man of God. Uh, I just want to say, number one, you're bringing an amazing, amazing topic. Um, There are a lot of people that talk about um, kingdom. We've been hearing that catchphrase a lot, kingdom, you know. Uh, and, And many people really do not understand what it means to be kingdom-minded or uh, the, or how to live in this kingdom age that God has called us to. Um, the topic that you're mentioning tonight on the Beatitudes, I think it's a phenomenal, phenomenal topic uh, because, you know, it shows us uh, how to be kingdom people. And uh, sometimes I'm looking at it and I'm saying, how can a message that's, that's so simplistic uh, be so hard? You know, and it becomes hard when we're trying to do it in our own human effort. It becomes hard when the Holy Spirit is not in the equation. And I love the way that particular passage started. The Bible says that um, when Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, I think you made reference to some of the Beatitudes, and you also made reference to uh, the works of the flesh. However, when the Jesus when Jesus was on the 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 mountain, uh, and he oh, the Bible says he opened his mouth and taught. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things we see concerning that is that the moment he opened his mouth, uh, mm-hmm. heaven was revealed to us. Hey, heaven yeah, was yeah. revealed to us. Not only was heaven revealed, but he he's given us a blueprint. He's given us mysteries and how to unlock uh, uh, kingdom principles. Uh, and so he opened up his mouth and he began to speak. So heaven literally sat on the mountain. Amen. And I'm saying, wow, God, that's so powerful because heaven came down and sat on a mountain just to 
reveal, because that's what that was. It was a revelation that he spoke uh, to uh, his disciples and telling them, look, this is how you're to model uh kingdom. This is how you're to be. And and when you are uh, a new creation in Christ, this will become more of a normalcy. It's not something that you're trying to attain, uh, but it will become normalcy because it's a lifestyle now. You know, because the Holy Spirit is that which is in you, is enabling you. He's regenerating your spiritual man from that dead state to now a state of being alive and a new creation. And so it makes it much more easier uh, to walk according to the Spirit and not fulfill the love of the flesh, not being so easily susceptible or tempted by the works of the flesh. But the reason why uh, we're so tempted is number one because the scripture says it very clearly it says it like this it says submit to god resist the devil and he will flee and so Mm. that's that's number one thing is that we are lacking the submission. See, we're trying to resist the devil, and, and we're trying to do this in our own human strength. Oh, you know, all of a sudden we take on this this um, self-righteousness and feeling that, okay, well, since I've got saved and, you know, I know a little bit of word, now I can just resist the devil. No, it requires a constant and perpetual Uh, submission to the Holy Spirit, because unless your spirit is submitted and governed by the Holy Ghost, then there's nothing that you can ever attain in this natural state and this mortal state that we're in. We're always going to constantly be a failure, because the Bible says says it like this, that there's... there's, um, there's a war going on in my members. And so that's why it's really, really challenging for some individuals to walk according to righteousness, to walk according to the Beatitudes, walk and uh, in, in toward uh, – in regards to being kingdom people. And so what happened is that we're, we're, we're professing it, but we're not living it. So we're professing the speech, but our speech is not professing that that's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, really, how do we know that we've gotten to that place is is when we truly see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit on us and in us, that now our life becomes a living epistle, that we're, we're a people that they see a sermon lived. And I always would say that people would rather see a sermon lived rather than a sermon preached. Because it's very easy for people to preach something. It's very easy to uh, have this learned behavior or go to theology school and just go to seminary and uh, attain some sort of knowledge. But it's unless you get a real revelation. See, knowledge is one thing, but a revelation is teaching you how to apply kingdom living and spiritual mm. living in this realm. That's the real revelation. The real revelation is saying, how do I, as a mortal being, allow an eternal being to live in a mortal being? And you're learning that. That's what people need to realize. It's an an eternal being living inside of a mortal being. And so if the real eternal being is living inside the mortal, then the mortal no longer behaves like a mortal. You lose Mm. that entire nature because the, the, the eternal nature takes on preeminence. It takes a greater preeminence and superiority over this, over this flesh. But that's how you will know of a certainty which, uh, uh, um, which uh, master is governing us. That's right. Because the more we sin, that you know who we're really yielding ourselves to. And that's what the scripture talks about in the book of Romans. And, and, and it's not hard if we allow the Holy Spirit. And, and when, when we do come up against the challenges, when the challenges do come, then we have to allow the Holy Spirit to bring it back to our remembrance and constantly giving us that conviction. I mean, you know, I've also been looking into that scripture, and I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm not going to take up any more time after this. You mentioned something about the Beatitudes. And sometimes, truly, you know, if you're not uh, uh, careful of how you're walking and being mindful of your conduct, uh, uh, what 
what would happen is that you're it's easy to slip it's easy to to become prey rather uh to what someone else do to you when they persecute you it's easy when you're in your flesh that that was that would easily happen and sometimes you you don't realize that it happens and you have to the holy spirit will quickly remind you beatitudes beatitudes mm-hmm. love your neighbor as yourself and he'll start remind you of the ten commandments and he'll begin to remind you of the fruit of the spirit and then he begin to remind and the more he reminds you and then now your mind is regenerated your mind is, is at a place where it's reformed then it's like okay i get it and that's what he wants us to do is to fully come into the knowledge of this kingdom age don't just let it be a talk let it be a walk and that's what i wanted to say man of god Thank you, woman of God, for sharing. And, and yes, uh, as you're as you're talking, uh, and I'm just taking notes. And, uh, you're right, absolutely. You are 100% correct. You know, and even you know, Scripture tells us that uh, that uh, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And and it's true. I mean, in our own way of thinking, you know, we may feel that okay, you know, we're doing the right thing. Um, you know, King David is. Uh, you know, I think I've shared this before. You know, he, he thought. That uh, he and the the uh, people of uh, the children of Israel all agreed that uh, bringing the Ark of the Covenant uh, into Kirjath Kirjath Jerim, excuse me, was a good idea. Uh, but it turns out that uh, they were not instructed to do that, and everyone agreed it was it was it was a good thing, uh, you know, to have uh, the Ark of God. Uh, in their presence, but one thing we have to understand is that we follow a God of we follow a God who has very specific uh, instruction, and the Ark of the Covenant was not to be handled uh, in any old way, and it had to be handled by the Levites, and it had to be handled a certain way, and we and those that have read that scripture know what the outcome was. So uh, you're right, and until we begin to shift from our own line of thinking, our own system, if you will, our own way of thinking, we will forever be in that yoke of doing things according to our own understanding. You know, I I, I love the fact that when Jesus had asked a question uh, to uh, Peter, and he asked a question, he says, who do men uh, say that I am, and uh, uh, Peter responded, you know, some say, you know, some say you're this, you know, some say you're you're, you're uh, John the Baptist, uh, some say you're Elijah, Jeremiah, perhaps, you know, one of the prophets, and then Jesus uh, changed it and asked him another question, and he says, well, who do you say that I am? And he says, well, thou art the Christ. He didn't stutter, you know, he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and in Peter saying this, there was, in receiving this revelation that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus then says, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So, in essence, upon receiving this revelation, now Peter, in essence, went to another level in his understanding of kingdom. Why? Because he received this revelation of who Christ was. So now the Lord says, "Okay, now I'm going to con- now I'm going to bless you with the keys now." And these keys come with responsibility. You see, this is why many people do not get those keys. They don't receive that power because they number one, they don't know who Christ is. They 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 or maybe they do know, but but they don't trust him. Uh they 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 still remain stuck in their own understanding. And until we go higher, until we receive, as you spoke about lifestyle, God bless you, until we make this walk with God a lifestyle, and, and, it's, and it's not just going to church on Sunday or a couple of times during the week, when we now live what we profess, And the Spirit of God, as you said, is living in us. Until those things happen, we are going to be forever scratching the surface or on the outside looking in. And for us, it's going to, and for those individuals, it will be ritualistic. It will be based on tradition. Uh, My mother did it. Her mother did it. And it's based on tradition and rituals. And this is 
what we need today. I thank God, Lord, for your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for Jesus Christ who came to instruct us on, on, on the blessedness of being poor in spirit, the blessedness of, of being pure in heart, the blessedness of being merciful, and, and even in times of persecution. Lord, this blessedness in persecution, believe it or not, I, you may say that's hard to believe. Where, what kind of blessedness is there in persecution for Christ's namesake? Well, yes, there's, there's affirmation. And that we are the sons and daughters of God. So when we look at those Beatitudes and we see blessed is the pure in heart, blessed is the merciful, blessed are those who are persecuted uh, for righteousness sake. There is affirmation that we are a peculiar people. Blessed, 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 blessed down the line. That is affirmation that we are not like any other people. That blessedness puts the stamp on us and says that we are now kingdom. These are not ordinary people. These are not just churchgoers. These people are, they reflect me. They are me. And what makes that so is because they are merciful. They've gone through persecution, and they have prayed for those individuals who have come up against them. They have not cursed them. Let me say that loud and clear. You have people today in the house of God who are cursing people, who are saying, if anybody comes up against this ministry or comes up against, or comes up against me, I, let them be cursed. No, no, no. That, why are you doing that? Number one, that's not even Bible. Does not the Bible say that we're not to curse, that we are to bless? So many of us, we're still in that milk-drinking stage. And we have not entered into the relationship or lifestyle. And many of us, again, as I said, we're still scratching the surface. And I also want to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, if there's anyone else on the line who would like to um, share any additional questions, uh, comments, um, prayer requests, please, by all means, uh, you're on the air. If there isn't, I'll continue. We have eight minutes left in our program. There's no additional questions. At this well, time. yes, I I have one. Okay. Yes, uh, you were talking about the the ark of the covenant with with David. Um, you know, there are, there are, it varies. There are some people who actually don't know how to handle the presence. You see, mm. um, a lot of people, let, let's take it to Madame Vernacular, and I won't be long. Madame Vernacular, you know, because, of course, the ark represented the presence of God. But there are a lot of people that they want to be anointed, and, and, oh, God, give me your glory, give me your glory. But, listen, when it comes to his presence and his glory, not everybody is qualified to handle it. Right. And, and and sometimes, you know, we have to be really careful what we ask for. Of course, we should ask for more of his presence. But if we're going to ask for his presence, be prepared to know mm. how to handle it. Make sure you are ready to handle it. Make sure you are not going beyond the instructions as which God has given us to do. And so a lot of times people, oh, I want the anointing because now it's a trend. It's just something to have so that we can look good. But it was never intended for us to look good. You know, so that's why we have to be careful because the God of the Old Testament is still the same God today, that we do have to be mindful. How are we handling the presence of God? Be careful how you handle the ark. It's one thing to ask for it, but it's another thing when you are, are you prepared to handle it? And if you're not, we saw what happened to the young man in the, in the story. You know, so mm. we want to be careful because a lot of times we mishandle it and think we get away. Uh, no, we don't get away with it. So we want to be mindful of that. And I just wanted to share that in closing. Thank you so much for your time. This is a great topic. Good night. Good night, and thanks again, woman of God. And uh, please uh, join us again. And you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, since, since you brought it up, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was only to be handled by the children of Levi, uh, the priests, uh, the Levites. Uh, could only handle 
the Ark of the Covenant, and it had to be handled a certain way. If uh, you can do some research on this, uh, if you know anything about the Ark of the Covenant, it had corner rings, and the Levites would take these large staves, staves, poles, and they would go through the corner rings, the corner rings of the Ark of the Covenant, and it was not to be put on a cart. It was to be lifted up by those poles and carried on the shoulders. That was the instruction. That was the instruction of how the Ark of the Covenant was to be carried. Not put on a, a cart, pulled by oxen. Um, so that's a very valid point. So, and of course, David realized that uh, in a later uh, chapter, realized that only the Levites were to handle the Ark. Now, I'll even, I'm going to throw in the prophetic here. Uh, now, there are many people out there who want to be prophets, and um, some for the wrong reason. Uh, some people, oh, you know, I, I, I want to go to the school of the prophets. You know, I want to be a prophet. I want to prophesy, and I want to speak into people's lives. Um, be careful what you ask for, because not everyone, as the woman of God is saying, how do you handle the presence of God? Because now when God gives you a word to speak into somebody's life, he may send you to another country. He may send you to a region where if you speak, it just may cost you your life. So um, if you want that kind of pressure, if you want that kind of hatred and, and ridicule uh, upon you, uh, study the Bible, study the prophets of old, study Jeremiah, study Elisha, and see what their lives are. Study Jesus, okay, New Testament. So when you do that, you begin to see that, mm, you know, that prophetic calling is it's pretty costly. It's very lonely, and it can be very dangerous. So I'm bringing this up, uh, since Woman of God brought it up, in handling the presence of God, there are people who, are, who have not gone through the process to know how to handle the presence of God and how to hear and how to also at times as a prophet, you may receive a word from God and the Lord, you know, don't, don't release it. But in your zeal and in maturity, you release a word before it's season. You may find yourself actually doing more harm than good. So it's very important that you go through the process. This is not about, oh, going to the school, uh, I want to learn a prophetic. For those individuals who are called to be prophets, who God called, okay, yes, yes, you do have to go through a process where you're learning the craft of the prophetic. And, yes, I understand there's teaching involved, no doubt. But for those individuals who have not been called to the prophetic office, I, I, I caution you. I, in fact, uh, please do not make the mistake because don't run to it because in your heart this is something you want to do. You will find misery is right around the corner. You will find ridicule is right around the corner. This is a very uh, – uh, God values all, all his offices. But this is a very, very uh, – to, to, to be a mouthpiece for God is a very big responsibility. It is precisely 7.58 p.m. I have two minutes left, probably less than that. I just want to conclude by saying in order for us to possess the DNA of the kingdom of God, b beloved, we need a blood transfusion. The word of God tells us in Hebrews 9.22 – it says, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. You can find that in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. So in order for us to enter into this kingdom, this, 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 this place where the presence of God is, you know, it's a beautiful thing. When Jesus went to the cross, and yes, and he died, and we know he's, he's sitting at the right hand of our Heavenly Father, and he is risen. He is he is not in a sepulcher, but he is risen, and he sits at the right hand of power. And when we look at how uh, uh, the, the, the earthquake and the tearing of the temple veil and how it symbolized a shift in the spirit realm 
and, and how it returned the righteous in Christ back to their rightful place. We need to say, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, for, for your obedience, Lord, all the way to Golgotha. And my brothers and sisters, this is something we really need to rejoice in. And we really need to say, Lord, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you, again, that temple veil tearing. And thank you, Lord, for the shift, Lord. Thank you for what you've done in our lives. And thank you for what you're about to do. And my brothers and sisters, on that note, I would like to end there. God bless you. Thank you for uh, listening in, and thank you once again, woman of God, for uh, your your uh, sharing on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. And thank you for all the listeners out there uh, here in the states and abroad for uh, uh, being a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. I it is uh, my prayer that this uh, uh, topic was of uh, assistance. Uh, it is my prayer that it uh, has uh, taken you uh, to another level uh, in your walk or maybe even in your understanding. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe this is uh, uh, just some uh, uh, teaching for you. Maybe it's just something that is helping you to understand the Christian faith better than great, terrific, all the better. We we love to have you uh, listen again and even um, ask questions or request prayer. Uh, This is Chaplain Kevin Graves. Again, I'm with you every second and fourth uh, Monday of each month. And it is a pleasure being with you. Thank you, Dr. Ganny and your husband, for allowing me to be on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. God bless you. And God bless everyone out there who is a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Again, this is Chaplain Kevin Graves signing off um, for this segment. And I'm looking forward to uh, new topics and new segments with you. And, again, once again, God bless all those first responders, police, fire, paramedics, who responded to this morning's uh, terrorist attack in uh, Midtown Manhattan. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to uh, being with you once again on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. God bless you and have a good night.